your commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And Libya is now a mess uh, among some of the other countries that are going on in that region. And joining us to talk about that and so much more is KT McFarland, Deputy National Security Advisor under President Trump. Uh, great to have you on, KT, and happy Labor Day. Well, it's always an honor and a pleasure. Thank you, Rita, and thank you, Cats. Yeah, we love you. We love you. What's your reaction? What's going on in Libya? Uh, it seems like it has been a mess. Um, and now it's like tribal factions going after each other. Uh, ever since, you know, obviously Gaddafi was pushed out, it seems like there's no clear leadership there. Yeah, you know, the one thing we found in the Obama administration um, is during the, the period when we try to push out all the dictators is there actually is something worse than a horrible, brutal dictator, and that's what comes afterwards, which is tribal warfare. And it's not just in Libya. It's all the west coast of Africa. It's really a lot of Africa that's now become destabilized. Now, it's destabilized, what do we care? You know, it's halfway around the world. doesn't really affect us. Well, it affects us in several ways. One, because of the um, a lot of the minerals that are essential in modern technology come from that part of the world. Oil comes from that part of the world. But what is particularly <coughs> worrisome is that the Chinese are moving in. I mean, the Chinese have basically bought Africa. They've gone in country after country after country. They're thrilled with destabilized governments because what they want to do is extract the um, raw materials. Is yes. this China or is this uh, the Wagner Group uh, to be soon named the, the, the Russian Foreign Legion? Uh, it's, it's both. The Chinese are in there because they want to get the natural resources. But the people who are stirring up the fighting is, in fact, the Russian Foreign Legion, which is the Wagner Mercenary Group. Yeah, so that's and that's what's kind of happening all over. It seems like all over that region. Well, all of, in the Middle East as well as in Ukraine, they're fighting in Ukraine, and then also in Africa. You know, the, the thing about the Pergozin coup and, and now assassination is that what happened was that the Russian military wasn't very good. wasn't very good fighting in Ukraine. wasn't really very good before that. wasn't very good helping other countries fight abroad. So they, they uh, Vladimir Putin got this guy Pergozin who went into the Russian prisons. And he said to the people who were under death sentences and life sentences, he said, if you want to get out of jail, come work for me in a mercenary group. We'll send you all over the world. We'll pay you really well. And you're going to be loyal to me. And so that's what's happened. And so when you now look at the Ukraine war, where the Russian military isn't very good at all, the only effective Russian military fighting in Ukraine is the Wagner mercenary group. But then what happened is that they got a little too big for their britches. And so Vladimir Putin's thinking, this is great. I had this very effective foreign legion. I didn't have to kind of own up to it. It was independent, but really working for me. Well, now all of a sudden it wasn't working for him. And that's with the Pergozin coup attempt um, of two months ago. And I think what Vladimir Putin has done is he's flipped this to his advantage because now the Wagner mercenary group, they don't report to Pergozin anymore. Pergozin's dead. They now have been pulled in and report to the Russian military. So in a funny way, Vladimir Putin has managed to probably emerge from this coup attempt of two months ago um, in a much stronger position than he was before. Hey, this is Pete King. First, it was great seeing you and your daughter at the, uh, the Hampton Classic the other day. Uh, two beautiful women. It's always good. Uh, uh, also, but uh, as far as the uh, Wagner Group, are they going to be able to function under Russian military control, or will they be just you know, within the army? Well, 
that's a really good question, and nobody knows. But here's their as if you're part of the um, either the senior leadership of the Russian military or the senior leadership of the Wagner Mercenary Group, you've just watched Prigozhin's airplane go down. So what are your options? So anybody who might be thinking, well, I'm not going to, um, we don't want to work for the, the incor- you know, the corrupt and incompetent Russian military. What are your options? And so the other thing that's been quite interesting, I think, is in, and it hasn't been much reported, is that senior leaders, sort of mid-level, high mid-level leaders um, in the Russian military have have so all of a sudden disappeared. So there's a certain amount of shakeout coming. And, and with the Kremlin, you know, you never see it in plain sight. It always is happening behind closed doors. Yeah, they, they're and, you near know, a window. Afterwards. Yeah, they're near a window, Katie, right? And suddenly yeah, uh, they happen to fall out. Window. Or they yeah. shoot themselves five times in the head, you know? <laughs> well... <laughs> That's one of the reasons that the that the North Korean president, by the way, doesn't fly airplanes, flying planes. Um, he's taking a train to meet Putin. An, and, ar- an armored car, I understand. Well, an armored train, but yeah, yeah he's he's going. He's not going to go in an airplane. He understands the um, the liability, the potential liability. But he's going to meet with Putin and then sell. North Korean weapons to Putin, who will then use them in the Ukraine war. I mean, the Russians uh, are running out of, of ammunition, but they've got plenty of money to buy it, because as long as oil and natural gas are high, thanks to President Biden's war on American fossil fuels, Putin has plenty of windfall profits to pay for weapons. Well, you're giving them like $800 million at $85 a barrel is like $800 million a day. Yeah, it, it's disgusting how much he, and in fact, I saw a report the other day on the sanctions, how they're just not working. I mean, it, it is, it is crazy in the middle of all this. So, so mm-hmm. the, so the, uh, the Ukrainians are succeeding somewhat with the smaller unit strategy and all that. Uh, but what are they going to need in addition in order to prevail against the Russians? Well, I don't think they do. Um, you know, the tragedy is we're paying for both sides of the Ukraine war. We're paying for it, as, as John Kasmatidis has very ably said, we're paying for it with high oil and natural gas prices and inflation in the United States. And we're paying for the Ukraine side because we, unlike the Europeans who promised a lot but didn't deliver much, we're the ones who are delivering the weapon system. I mean, I, to me, this and is you, a And you're missing conflict. the third part. And we're going to pay for the restoration of Ukraine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, Money's still to come. That's I mean, the this trillion is dollars crazy. we'll pay to rebuild it. It is crazy. And also the drip, drip, drip too, KT. I mean, that's for another day. But, I mean, we, you know, they're not yeah. even going to have we some of the weaponry till a year later. Who knows? You know, what a mess. Take a break. What a mess. KT, we love you. And thank <laughs> you for delivering the truth to the American people. Honor and a pleasure. Thank you thank all. Thank you, KT. Thank, thank you. you.